the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our text is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. We're uh, continuing our series in the letter of Paul to the Philippians entitled, Nurturing the Christian Mind. And this morning's message is entitled, A Justified Mindset. The doctrine of justification is central to a Christian's understanding of salvation. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Simply stated, God acted on behalf of sinful and lost humanity and offered salvation to anyone who will believe in Jesus. He offers forgiveness and a cancellation of our sin debt through the death of Jesus on the cross. So once you and I as sinners come to faith in Jesus, all the sins that we have ever committed, past, present, and future, are taken care of. And God covers all of that with the blood of Jesus. And God looks at us as if, just as if we had not sinned. And that's a marvelous truth of salvation. Now, a lot of people may not comprehend that concept, but certainly we can apprehend and appreciate that. And we have as Christians for centuries. This doctrine is certainly present in many of Paul's writings, especially in the book of Romans, which is the Magna Carta of the Christian faith. You ought to read that once a year. You ought to examine what, what Paul has to say about this doctrine. So, uh, but it's not just in the book of Romans. It's woven into many of his other letters in the New Testament, particularly here in Philippians. He's going to tackle an aspect of our understanding of justification in terms of how we should have a mindset, the mindset of a person who is justified by grace through faith, in Jesus. And again, the purpose that Paul had in mind for writing this letter is to get Christians to think like Christians, to have a worldview that is gospel-centric. So every time you read Paul's letters, you know, you need to you need to hone in on his goal. You need to figure out what is he saying? What is he trying to convey? And in this case, he wants all Christians to develop a worldview, to develop a mindset that is centered on the gospel. And so uh, in this letter, this portion of Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14, Paul challenges us and admonishes us as Christians to think through for ourselves what it means to be justified as it relates to righteousness, to a false sense of security or a sense of security, whether false or true, in the area of sin and, of course, in the area of sanctification. So when he wrote this, he was admonishing and challenging us to look deeper 
into developing this, this mindset that we are justified people. In Christ, we have been justified by God. And how does it relate to our understanding of righteousness, to our understanding of security in life, to our understanding of sin, and of course, in our understanding of sanctification. How we think in these four areas of our faith determines whether we have a mindset of a person who is justified by grace through faith in Jesus. So let's tackle all four areas, okay? The area of righteousness. First of all, when it comes to true righteousness, a justified person thinks that righteousness is driven by the Spirit of Christ, okay? If you have a a, a mind that knows you are justified, you look at this whole issue of righteousness as being driven by the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Look at verses 1 to 3, if you will, in our text. It says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Paul was saying to his audience then, and he's saying to us now, protect yourselves against those who teaches a gospel that put you under bondage. He's protecting his, his audience from those who are trying to steal their joy. You know, when you become a Christian, God places something in your heart and mind that is uniquely from heaven, and that is joy. Joy comes from heaven. Amen? Happiness can be found here on earth, but joy can only come from heaven. Only God can give true joy. And when He justified us, when He removed our sin, when He placed us in right standing with Him, one of the telltale signs that you and I are Christians, are born again, is that we have that joy in the inside of us. And Paul says, be careful. Protect yourselves against people who try to steal that joy by bringing you under bondage. And what is he talking about? Apparently, at Philippi at that time, there were certain uh, zealots, Judaizers they're called, who were trying to confuse true Christians, the believers. And they're saying, if you want to have your righteousness completed, you have to follow these rules and regulations found in the Old Covenant. That's really in context what's going on here. They were being sold this idea that their righteousness in Christ is not enough. That in order to complete that righteousness, they have to adhere to certain rules and regulations. And Paul is saying, no, 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 not at all. This salvation you have cannot be and will never ever originate from the outside. It will come from the inside. As the Spirit of God works that salvation in us, it will bear the fruit of joy, the fruit of righteousness that comes. So we don't manufacture this righteousness by following rules and regulations. In this case, you know, they were trying to tell the Christians, you know, you still have to follow the Mosaic law. You still have to follow the rules and regulations. You still have to be circumcised. You still have to follow all of these rituals and all of that. And that will complete your righteousness. And Paul is saying, no, 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 not at all. You're not saved by the things that you do. You are saved by the shed blood of Jesus. 
And it's the Spirit of Christ that drives that righteousness in the inside of us. So Paul warned them against such false ideas of righteousness. And it's amazing. He calls those people who are trying to deceive these Christians, he called them dogs. Yeah. <laughs> he said, be careful about those dogs. You know, if you look at that, you know, uh, he wasn't mincing words. He was calling them dogs, which was, uh, if you are a, uh, a, an Orthodox Jew at the time, dogs are, you know, a name they call for pagans and heathens and Gentiles. But he also called them evildoers, mutilators of the flesh. He wasn't mincing words. He regarded these people as evil. And he's saying that their righteousness is not real. Don't listen to them. They're, they have evil intentions and all of that. And um, he's saying true righteousness for Christians, righteousness cannot be achieved simply by adhering to rules and regulations. That will never really make you righteous. Righteousness is an inside job, not an external demonstration of some adherence and obedience to some set of rules and regulations or so some obligation to a tradition. True righteousness is driven by the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who place their faith in Jesus. In other words, without Jesus, there could be no true righteousness. You cannot be righteous unless you are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is Communion Sunday, so you're going to hear this type of sermon every time it's communion because it's my responsibility to make sure that every believer understands why they are believers, why they are Christians, why they are born again. Our righteousness is not something that we built in for ourselves. It's a foreign righteousness. It has to be placed upon us. It's an imputed righteousness. We have been placed in right standing. We had nothing to do with that righteousness. It was done by the Holy Spirit as we are placed in a position of righteousness. We've been taken from darkness to light and we've been taken from death to light. That's what Christianity is. Many months ago, our whole family uh, went to Pismo Beach. And we decided that uh, we're going to rent one of these uh, four-wheeled Surrey cycles. You know, one of these things that you pedal and you go around downtown. I don't know, I don't know what it's called, but it's a kind of a, a cycle. Where four people pedal. And there was five of us. So four people had to pedal and one person gets to be lucky to just sit. Right? Okay. And uh, that was mom. Right? So she, she gets to sit. But, but me and uh, my two boys and Cassandra had to pedal. We were on four, four corners. And the guy told us, if you pedal properly, you should be able to tour the whole downtown in an hour. <laughs> I said, with Noah and Paul and me, plus Cassandra, <laughs> we got this. Two minutes into it, <laughs> I was dog tired. <laughs> I thought I was in shape. And this is what happened. By the time we ended, I think it, only, it was only Cassandra who was pedaling. <laughs> I looked like I was pedaling, but deep down inside, I wasn't. I was, just in it. I was just in it for the ride. I was in there. My feet are moving, but it was really just my daughter taking us through. That's, a, that's not a perfect illustration, but that's kind of what righteousness looks like. You know, 
It's the Spirit of God that drives that righteousness. It's not us. We're in for the ride. I mean, we're pedaling. We're doing our part. But we are being driven by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in us. It's not a perfect illustration, but we need to start thinking in those terms. We have been placed in right standing with God. But you know and I know that we are righteous because the Spirit of God leads us into that. He drives our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.21, again, Paul wrote, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's as plain a statement as we can have when it comes to why you and I are righteous. We're not righteous because we're good people. We're righteous because Jesus is righteous and he became the offering, the ultimate offering that satisfies God's demands for righteousness. So the thing is, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. You'll never make it to heaven. Only those who are placed in right standing with God will be declared righteous. Because when you and I face God one day, He's not going to see the sinner. He's going to see Jesus. He's going to see Jesus, and Jesus is going to say, you can't judge this person anymore because I'm standing between Him and God's mighty and holy presence. Now, there's a second sign that a justified mindset, for a justified mindset. And number, number two a, a justified mindset rejects the deception of self-confidence. It rejects the deception of self-confidence. Look at verses 4 to 6. Paul says, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, confidence in the flesh, by the way, in himself, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Self-confidence here refers to our tendency to trust in our own goodness and strength. Obviously, as Christians, our righteousness is not only spirit-driven, but our confidence is also rooted in our relationship with Jesus. Paul says if anyone can brag about how good they are, if someone has the right to tell other people how good they are, it's me. I have the credential. If I'm going to have confidence in myself, if I'm going to have confidence in my own ability, in my own capacity to do good, you know, I want you to look at my resume. He gave his credentials. I was circumcised on the eighth day, you know. He was just simply saying there that he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, obedient to the regulations and the law that was given to the nation of Israel. He said, I was also a Benjamite. And what's the significance of that? Paul is saying the first king of Israel was from the tribe of Benjamin. And that makes me a person with some royal blood, you know. My great-great-great-great ancestor was the first king of Israel. So 
And he, and he even says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I am a Pharisee. I know the law. I have obeyed the law to the best of my ability. I have done all of that. And I'm very confident that I'm good enough that God cannot disqualify me because of all of my credentials. In fact, he called himself faultless. I have been a faultless person. And now he realizes that that's a deception. He realized that everything that he's been doing, he's doing because he fully believed in himself, in his ability, in the flesh, in his own flesh, in, in his own capacity to be able to be good enough for God to receive him. And that's a deception that still captivates people today. Sad to say, so many people today, you know, they're saying, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, but what they're really saying is, I'm, I'm good enough. You know, what they do is they do all of these good things. They, they try to manufacture all of the great things that they can do in this world and then put a Christian label onto it, okay? Th that's really a big problem. What am I, what am I talking about? I'm, I'm talking about people who really refuse to recognize that the only goodness that counts is the goodness that is born out of our relationship with Jesus, that's the only goodness that counts in the sight of God. Uh, you, you know, we're all people are capable of doing good things, even people who don't believe in God. In fact, you know, many people who don't believe in God are probably doing a lot better things than maybe some people who do believe in God <laughs> do, you know. That's not the issue. The issue is where the glory and the credit belongs to. To a Christian, all the goodness that we do, all our ability to do good comes from that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ because we can't simply put a label on the things that we do. Uh, we, we often do, uh, do that to put a religious label to the lifestyle that we have. It becomes a front from what, for what really is just a, 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 a demonstration of self-confidence. Okay? Now let me illustrate it this way. We have a huge illegal immigration problem in our country today. I think you would have read that in the news. But relax, I'm not, I'm not making make a political statement or I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not into that. This is just an illustration, so relax, okay? So understand the illustration that I'm going to make, okay? I'm not judging people who wants to come into this country illegally. I, I'm, no, I'm not a person who's going to do that. I don't judge anybody's motivation. Um, you know, I, I, I thank God that I live in this country. I really do. I really praise God that I live in the freest country, the greatest country in the world. I believe that with all of my heart. You know, if I was one of those people who were struggling with my life in that part of the world, wherever they came from, I'd probably be tempted to do the same thing. So that's, that's not my point today. It's not to, to com come with a solution to any of these things. But the problem with doing that, the problem when people try to cross the borders illegally is that they're doing two things right they are violating the law and by violating the law they're disregarding the sovereignty of that nation there's a disregard for the sovereignty of a nation okay now think about that for a moment that you we can get away with that here on earth but in the kingdom of god it doesn't work all right in the kingdom of god you have to be declared a citizen first before you can enter the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to think about that very carefully. You have to be 
qualified. You have to be put in a position where you are a citizen of the kingdom of God so that you can be allowed in. Why is that critical? Because you and I can only, only be accepted in the kingdom of God if we recognize the sovereignty of God. And we understand the sovereignty of God. What is the sovereignty of God? Here it is. Listen very carefully. The sovereignty of God is this, that no one, no one ever enters the kingdom of God without the righteousness of Jesus. That's the sovereignty of God. God chose to put all power all authority, okay, and all everything else in the universe in the hands of Jesus. And God says you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you go through Jesus. That's the sovereign will of God. So in the Christian mind, we're always thinking about that, that the only way you and I can be qualified to enter the kingdom of God is if we put our faith in Jesus. So I hope, uh, you know, that, that gives us an appreciation of what Paul is trying to write here. He's saying, I'm good enough. I should be able to enter the kingdom of God. I, I, you know, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I followed the law. There's no unrighteousness in me. I am faultless. And then he realized that he cannot. He realized that his own ability, his own goodness is not going to be good enough. And he answers his own question. Because he keeps saying to himself, I'm holy enough. I'm, I'm a good person. I never cheated. I never lied. You know, I've, I've lived a good life. I come from a good family. I don't, I don't need to, to, to prove myself to be a good person. And Paul says this in the second part of those verses. He says, but whatever gain, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. What is he talking about? Every good thing that he's done. Every demonstration of self-righteousness. Every demonstration of his ability and self-confidence to be able to make himself available. I mean, make himself qualified to go to heaven. He says, I consider all of that a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things I consider them garbage <laughs> he says all of the things that I have done all the goodness that I've demonstrated all the obedience to the law all of the regulations that I have obeyed they're garbage compared to knowing Jesus that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ do you think you're good enough to make it to heaven? None of us are. None of us. Not a single person in this room will make it to heaven because we're good enough. That's a reality that the gospel is telling, uh, telling the world. That's the reality of it. And that's why people are turned off when you tell them about Jesus. Because you're going to have to tell them about the problem of sin that we all have. That's a real problem for a lot of people. Well, wait a minute. Why are you telling me I'm a sinner? I'm not a sinner. I'm a good person. I mean, it's, all, it's a stumbling block. Because in our minds and in our hearts, we think we have the, the, the ability. We have, we, we're confident. We're so self-confident that we'll make it to heaven without Jesus that sometimes just to satisfy some kind of a religious persona, we put a label on what really is just self-righteousness. 
And that's wrong. Paul says no. That's all garbage. Our goal is to know Jesus and the power that he has in our lives. You know, we think we can be good enough because we're confident in our own ability, but it's just not possible. We need to trust in Jesus by faith. And I know you've heard this before. And I know we understand uh, this. But when we partake of communion today, we need to bring our minds back to that reality. Loved ones, uh, you're going to sleep better at night knowing, listen to me, knowing that you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Knowing that he's never going to let you go <laughs> because you are in his hands. You're going to sleep better tonight. You, you're going to sleep better knowing that uh, the goodness that you have didn't come from you. Didn't, you didn't manufacture it. It's the work of the Spirit of God. So we need to think about that. You know, stop giving credit to yourself when you do something good. All right? That's false humility. Whatever we do, we do it in the name of the Lord. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.